Hello, and welcome to the Triple G Living God Goals and Grind podcast. I am Ebony Vaughn, your gracious founder and host, and I am excited to be here another Monday. It's June, and we are into our awesome series called Becoming, Embracing God's Gift on Purpose. This is going to be good. We will be having some anointed men and women of God sharing with us their journey of becoming and how they learn to embrace themselves as God's gift to the world. Today, we will have Adrian Watson Carver of Studio A, Modeling and Dance in Randallstown, Maryland. Adrian is a powerful woman of God, wife, mother, entrepreneur, pageant coach, and mentor. I am so excited about what she is going to share on this day. Kingdom family, let's get right into this interview. One of the first persons that I thought about because even 25 years ago, you know, just meeting you and hanging out with you and just, you know, admire your confidence and your courage and, and just, you know, just your, your, your faith, not only in God, but your belief in yourself. And that, you know, is just something that I learned and gleaned from, but I just thank God for you. And so, you know, as I stated, the, it's really about just helping people to navigate through how to embrace themselves as a gift and to see themselves, um, you know, as God sees them. So I'm not doing any introductions. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us all the wonderful things that you have done and are doing and and help us out today? You are so kind. You are so (laughs) kind. Please. All those kind, nice words from you, Ebony. Um, But I still try to remain humble. Everything I have is because of God, because of my wonderful parents and uh, my mentors, my teachers, just all the wonderful people who have been in my life, who have believed in me and encouraged me and who have sown seeds in my life. And I'm really grateful for all of them because I really wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for all of that. I do believe that I was chosen uh, because of how my life has gone, even as a child. I do believe that before I was born, God ordained certain things in my life and had had already decided what kind of person I was going to be and that I was going to go on to do great things only because at such a young age, I was very um, ready to receive the things that my mother was trying to instill in me as a really little girl, my mother and my father, as a very small child, I was very open and receptive to them saying, you know, you're going to do great things and you're beautiful, you're talented, you're smart, you're going to grow up and be great. I remember at three and four years old, my mother and father saying that to me and I believed them mm-hmm. um, as a young child. I, I, I hung on to the words of my parents and I just believe what they said. And I'm grateful that they started molding and shaping me um, in that way as a very young person. Um, So anybody who is listening, um, the earlier the talks, the earlier the affirmations, 
the earlier the reassurances, the earlier the confirmations, the better. The more you, the younger you are that you start having people do that to you and that you do it to yourself, the sooner you're gonna come to that place where you know it's okay to say, I don't always like being chosen, but I am. Um, I don't understand why God would choose me because I'm not any greater than anybody else. But I do have to accept and receive that and receive that even with all my flaws and all my mistakes and all my mess and all my shortcomings and even my filthy rags and all of that, God did choose me. He chose me to do the things that I am doing. Um, even with my mistakes and my flaws, because if I focus on my mistakes and my flaws and I cannot get to the place where God wants me to go and how I want to be a blessing to other people's lives. So I'm very um, grateful. Um, man, when you talk about becoming, you're always becoming. That never stops. You're always evolving. You're always becoming. You're always growing. And usually we get in our own way because um, there are going to be people around you um, and situations around you and obstacles around you that can get in the way of you becoming. But the most important thing is you want to make sure that you don't get in your own way. Um, man, I think about when I really knew um, that I was special. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say when I was in kindergarten. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to say I was in kindergarten. My kindergarten teacher, my kindergarten teacher, um, we had a lesson uh, when we were learning how to tell time. And it's funny because I never told this story to anybody, but I think about it all the time. But I never told it. We learned how to tell time and I was just getting it real quick. And I, she one, and after she asked my mother one day, my mother came to pick me up from school. She asked my mother, could I come to school early, a little bit early, a couple days, because she wanted to, to see um, how quick I was with time and math and stuff like that. And so when she came back, my mother, she told my mother, she said, she's sharp and she's quick. And my mother, my grandmother, I didn't go to nursery school. My grandmother homeschooled me. That was my, you know, for a second, two years old, three years old, four years old. I was just homeschooled with my grandmother. My Eva Brown, my late great Eva Brown, the genius who didn't go to college, but she helped make me you know, turned me into this young, sharp person. And she did that for all the grandchildren. Everybody homeschooled my grandmother before we went to school. And so um, I remember my, um, my kindergarten teacher being very influential. Then I had a first grade teacher. My first grade teacher, she was two things. She was one, you're very bright. But two, you talk too much and you have too much mouth and you need to be quiet. She's the <laughs> first person that told me that in class, you know, I just did too much talking. So again, I started at a young age yeah. trying to balance. I wasn't good at it at all. Yes. I wasn't good at it at all. All through school, I was not good. So I knew that that was a flaw and a shortcoming that I had. I got in trouble for talking in class my entire, entire uh, grade school life. Yes. <laughs> from elementary school until graduation. So I knew I could talk, but I had to channel that energy mm -hmm. in a way mm -hmm. where it wasn't disruptive and harmful to the learning environment. Yeah. So like, you know, as you become, you start becoming at a young age. You just got to yep. be in a place to receive it. And you got to have people around you that hold you accountable to those things that are, that are preventing you from becoming. Mm -hmm. And my mother and father listened to my teachers and told me, you need to be quiet. 
And when you're not, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. You're going to get, you know, there's going to be a consequence for you talking and disrupting. I don't care if you're finished the work. You have to learn how to discipline yourself that if it's not time to talk, you can't talk. If it's time to be focused and listen, follow directions. So I think that all of that had a lot to do. The discipline that my parents provided for me as a child, the accountability that my parents provided for me as a child, holding me to being great, but also reminding me that you have flaws and shortcomings and you have to learn how to discipline yourself to um, control certain behaviors. Everything is not okay. You know, and, and so I think that balance growing up helped me to become who I am today. Um, I also believe that trying new things mm -hmm. and being okay with making mistakes and not being the best at everything. Now, I, I want to be fair because I was a person who was good at a lot of things. Yeah. I, yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> a lot of things. So you can say that if you know, you know, if you're somebody who might be a little awkward or, you know, even like, yeah, you're saying that because you could do stuff. Yes, so yes, yes. Fair. I do want to be fair. And you weren't losing that much. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't losing that much. That's true. Like, I was getting the things I was going after. Like, yes, I yes. wanted to be an MC of a program, I was getting it. Yeah. I was, um, I played basketball all-star team I was making it I played softball all-star team I was making it I ran track I swam I competed I mean I just did a whole yeah. lot of different things but again my mother put me in those things not knowing mm -hmm. whether I was going to be successful or not yes my dad put me in those things not knowing whether I was going to be successful or not now they both were nurturing me as I was trying these new things so if the principal or the teacher or the coach said I need to practice my mom and dad had me practicing. Mm -hmm. If the teacher said, I need to do homework, I need to read, I need to do that, I need to study. My parents, um, you know, had me doing those things. So I just think that um, I'm very fortunate that I did have a village around me. You know, I'm the youngest of four children. So I had, again, a village around me. I am the second to the youngest cousin of 22 grandchildren, the youngest girl. Again, all these big cousins, you know, around me, you know, encouraging me and nurturing me. Um, but when I got to middle school, now I grew up in church, Catholic church as an elementary school student and middle school. And to be very honest, I was going to church, but I wasn't really, I mean, I was just going because my mother took me. I went to Sunday school because my mother took me. I went to, um, church every Sunday because my mother took me. I went to ma different masses and things like that and First Holy Communion and all the stuff they do in the Catholic Church, but I was just going because my mother was taking me. But in middle school, I got saved on my middle school choir at school. My choir director at school mm. was a Christian. So, you know, um, he told everybody and he had an after school choir and if you came after the after school choir, if you wasn't a Christian, you was going to find out who Christ was, whether you was a Christian or not. Because yeah. he was doing after school. So at after school, and then I got saved. And then God really just, and then once, and once I got saved, I was full throttle, you know, all the way. You know, I just truly, truly went home and told my mom that now I have understanding. I knew who Christ was, but I, and he wasn't that to me. So I knew the story of Christ, but it wasn't my story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I became a witness. I mean, I just you know I unapologetically witnessing and stuff like that in, in middle school and in high school. 
and um, and so as I was evolving and as I was growing, and even though I was making mistakes and you know getting things wrong and um, at the same time of my achievements, I just really was fortunate enough that I had a village. Mm-hmm. And I had, by that time, learned to believe in myself. Yes. I had learned to believe in myself. And I'm going to be very honest. When you are special, and I was special, mm-hmm. I know that I was special at a young age. People don't like you. Mm-hmm. And they're very mean and very critical. So I wasn't bullied but I wasn't embraced yeah. a lot of times because people are mad that they're not you. That's, that's real. Yeah. They don't like you because of what they're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it just really, I wasn't mean. I didn't, you know, I didn't get into a lot of fights. I didn't get into any fights, you know, really growing up. So I wasn't bullied, but my nose turned up or like, here she come or like, here we go. You know, like, I'm so over it. You know, to a point where if I wasn't in such a nurturing and loving environment, and if I wasn't in a place where I believed in myself, most people would dumb down. Yeah. Or hide their gifts. Yeah. And hide their talents. That's so true. So that people aren't mean. Mm -hmm. You know, you coming in first all the time. Uh You are, you know, winning the foot races all the time. If there's a relay race, I was fast. Um... And when I played basketball, we used to have little layup dribble, dribble layup competitions. I would win those. I mean, I was smart. I could read well. I was good in math. Um, and I was cute. So, I mean, it just, I mean, it just, it just, and I'm just being as candid and as honest as I can be. It was hard because you have to choose between, as a kid, do I go ahead and excel or do I dumb down and stop because it's disturbing her? Mm-hmm. She didn't like me and I ain't never get into an argument with her. I never had a problem with her. Like we don't have problems. She just doesn't like me. Yeah. Just don't like me. When I talk, she talk over top of me. When I say something, she gets smart. I mean, just little things like that. So I wouldn't, and I, I don't want to use the bullying story because I really wasn't bullied. Yeah. And I, and I know bu- bullied is overkill to yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, some of it is just normal kid stuff, you know? So I, I, I don't want to get paid the picture that I was bullied, but I definitely was not embraced by everybody. Now, some people did embrace me and I was lucky that the people that did embrace me, they've been my friends my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three best friends that um, I met in elementary school. Mm -hmm. My best friend I've had since I was three, consistently been my best friend since I was three. And then um, I had neighborhood friends who have been in my life my whole life, like family. Mm -hmm. Um, But of my little circle of friends that I hung with, my best friend, I met her when I was three. And then in like fourth and fifth grade, we met sisters. And the four of us stayed best friends until we graduated. We picked up a couple people along the way until we graduated. We're still best friends to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and they were very unconditional mm-hmm. in their acceptance. 
but that was also too because they were talented they had gifts mm -hmm. you know they had things that they were working on in their lives they were you know trying to perfect who they were going to become they were also blessed yeah. um you know with different things so i think part of your journey too you got to pick the right people yeah that yeah. you can keep in your circle yeah and you have to be protective of your space yeah you know as you begin to evolve and begin to become who you're going to be so those are the main things that um having a village a supportive village understanding that everybody ain't gonna like you yeah and being okay with that mm -hmm. i'm trying I, i'm telling you when you get the more talented you are the more gifted you are the less people that's going to be up to the top and that are encouraging you and you need to be encouraged people think that because you're smart or you're talented or you're gifted that you don't need anybody to encourage you mm -hmm. and you do yeah you need people to say i see you because even if you're achieving and no one's clapping and no one's cheering and no one's saying great job you feel isolated and alone yeah yeah that's so true it is that's so yeah true. but people don't think that you need that because you're already 10 because you're win. you so for instance like um so you win the race and you get the trophy okay but you get the trophy and nobody says congratulations and nobody says good job mm -hmm. and people think that because you have the trophy that that's enough no you need the people that love you that um that you love that you look up to everybody's still seeking approval i don't care who you are you might say i don't need nobody's approval and i don't care about nobody that's not true mm -hmm. everybody needs people around them that are going to say it's okay or say i'm proud of you i'm excited for you i love you i see you i see you you matter so um and we need to ask for that if we don't have it that's true so true you know you need to ask for that you need to tell somebody i don't feel like anybody's proud of me even if you're successful i don't feel like anybody's proud of me i don't feel like anybody loves me it's okay to say that you know it's okay to say i feel alone i feel isolated and as you know um um when miss stacy passed away that was um she was that for me you know she was that for me she was the person that was always there to say you know i see you a because a lot of people don't say it and not that i need them to say it but i need the people who i look up to who i seek their approval everybody has somebody whose approval they seek and i believe that a lot of children don't become because they wait for mom and dad to give them approval and they're not Mm -hmm. I believe that a lot of students don't become who they are because they're waiting for their teachers to say to give them their approval and they don't. Um, I think a lot of people in church are waiting for pastors or parishioners or preachers to give them approval and they don't. And um, and I think that, you know, we, the people who are trying to evolve and become, need to say, you know, I'm waiting for your approval, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm waiting for your encouragement, right? You know, I'm waiting for your accolades. And I think that um, sometimes we're so proud, we don't want to say that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I don't know if it, if um, if I'm wording it right, but I know that as a person who is very successful, it does matter. It does matter to me with the people that I love, not people that I don't know, but the people that I love, the people who are closest to me, it does matter what they think. And it does matter. Mm-hmm. I've been very fortunate that I have people around me who have helped, you know, sustain me and keep me grounded and have helped me to become, you know, all the things I've become. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I think that that is um, so good when you talk about becoming because it's so many pieces that helps us to evolve, evolve into the man or woman of God that we are. And I think the, but the most important thing as we become adults is really having an understanding of who we are with all of those things. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we can go through life and let's just say um, a person doesn't have all of the gifts or all of the talents that you have in their opinion, in terms of who they are. And it's sometimes people find themselves lost and without direction because they say they don't have something. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, and I think about how, you know, one of the things that that I always said when I uh, think about me um, becoming as a woman and, you know, my family dynamics, we were a very large family Um, But we were also a very dysfunctional in some aspects, um, family loving, there for one another, supportive, but it was just a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? So I think that, um, you know, a lot of times when, you know, depending upon the family, the community that you have, that really impacts who you become. And so part of being an adult has to do with you know, a lot of times throwing some of that stuff out or yeah. not throwing it out, but just placing it in yeah. compartmentalizing. Absolutely. 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 And saying this is what I come from, but it doesn't have to be who I am today. You know, and I think about um, going back to what I was thinking about with the talents and the gifts. I remember as an adult, you know, because my family was um, extremely creative, like, you know, all, you know, most of them, of them could sew, you know, very artistic. And for me, that wasn't where my skill level was. And so I remember coming to God and I'm like, you know, I really don't have any gifts, you know, like, what am I? You know, I mean, I knew that I was smart. I mean, I knew that that, you know, but in terms of like really having gifts and talents, there was a period of, of my adult, my young adulthood where I didn't even see that, A, eh? you know, and so it wasn't until, you know, I was talking to my husband one day and he was just, you know, he, he said to me, he said, Ebony, you are the gift, you know, why are you looking for all of this other stuff, you are the gift. And I think from that point, it helped me to put into perspective, you know, who I was. And it also helped me to see what was in me because it, it wasn't that I wasn't gifted in areas. It's just that I could not see that because of everything, you know, because of the packaging of my pain and the things that I experienced. But I, I say that 
because it's the polar opposite of you, but yet we still come to that place where we're able to understand and evolve as women, you know, so those that are are watching is, you know, those that are listening, there's, there's always a way to evolve, but it's just a matter of you tapping in. And as you were talking, you know, I thought about like the seeds, like you said, I listened to what they told me to do and I did it. (laughs) Right. And so it's almost like compliance, like part of us evolving has to do with being willing to listen and and not be stubborn and and determined that you're going to do your own thing. Yes. Well, my mother was determined that I was going to do what she said. (laughs) And my father. Yes, yes. And 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 no fear and respect going hand in hand. Yes, yes. It was a little fear and respect. And and when you talked about that talking, because you know, I always got hit in the mouth. You know? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And so, you know, but the other thing that you said, and I have been a living witness of this for you, is just having courage and being willing to really do try new things and to just go for stuff, you know, and not uh, allow fear to kind of trap you and imprison you. You know, and and that's something that I believe is so important. And then just like the consistency and the community, you have a huge community that, or it doesn't necessarily have to be huge, but you just have a community of people that believe in you and that you look to for support. And that, you know, I believe that, you know, that truly is a recipe of becoming and helping a person to become. Um, what would you say to somebody who doesn't know? Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say that that's the Lord. Yes. That that community of people, I mean, the setup. You at the studio, being successful, the foundation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it got to do with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it really is just that's what God decided that that was going to happen. I mean, and so I just have to be in position and like you said, have the courage to not be afraid. Absolutely. Oh, because I was afraid in the beginning. Mm. I was very afraid. My husband um, just was just like, I don't know what you scared of. I have no idea what you're scared of. Same thing, your husband telling you you to give. He like, girl, you crazy. These people are going to bring their children. I'm telling you, they're going to bring their children. As soon as they get an encounter with you, they're going to bring them. I'm telling you, you got people asking you all, because I just would do little stuff in the community at my church and speak at schools and stuff. And he was just like, I don't know why you don't want to go ahead on and just- I brought mine. (laughs) (laughs) My husband's like, you need to go ahead on and do it. And I'm so grateful that I had an open mind. Yeah. I had an open mind. And that's another thing too. People also sometimes think that when you are gifted or we are the gift, and both of us are saying the same thing, that it just comes from your mind, that mm-hmm. you just created it, that okay. you were just the person. No, it's people in the background saying, ma'am, ma'am, 
your greater is coming and you're sitting on it and I don't understand. So people always think that every idea that you had, you birthed this idea. And I'm saying some of the stuff, yes, but a lot of the stuff is somebody else in your ear. That's why you got to keep the right people in your ear. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't have a lot of people, mm-hmm. you have to be careful because I do believe as a man thinketh, so is he, as a woman thinketh, so is she, you know, you got to make sure that, um, your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. You got to guard your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You got to guard your thoughts. And that is something that you have to teach yourself. You know, you got to teach yourself to guard your thoughts, to um, guard your thoughts. Because as you were saying, you know, um, and you are critical of yourself. And as I, and I'm saying, I'm young, I'm guarding my thoughts because if it was up to other people, mm-hmm. she always doing something. no. No, give somebody else a turn. She always, I heard that my whole life. Why she got to get it again? Why Why are you letting her, especially in elementary school, like really bad? And that's a time when I don't care, I'm little. I just want to do it. I don't care. You know, I'm just like, oh, me, I want to do it. I was very eager. I was just an eager child. And I felt, and I remember feeling like I was ridiculed for being eager. Because for me, it was it was okay if I didn't win. I was one because I don't care. You know, I never cried because I didn't come in first. I was not the person that's upset on the side. I don't care. I just want I just want to play. Yeah. I just want to do it. I just want to be with my friends. I just want to have fun. You know, so not winning every pageant I did, I did not win. Mm-hmm. Every competition I was in, I did not win. Every swim meet I was in, I didn't win. Every basketball game I didn't win. But I was a person who was okay with not winning you know i was okay um but i did win a lot so i want to act like i didn't win a lot i did win a lot because i don't like when people do that either you would tell me you okay well negro you won a lot of the time (laughs) but when i didn't win it was okay that's right because you you geared up for next time because you don't win next time so i'm like okay if i win this time i'm gonna do it again i'm gonna win next time you know, and I'm still like that to this day. You know, we ain't spending a lot of time on the negative. If it don't work out, okay. And another thing too, if I go into a situation and I'm expecting things to go this way and I see that it's not, it takes a whole, whole lot for me to get flustered and give up and like lose it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I have gone to a dance recital the day of the recital, I get to the building where I'm going and they tell me, oh, we forgot to tell you that we don't have any lights and our sound system doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I have people that are on their way to the recital. So my staff looking at me like, oh, they pulling their hair out. And I'm just like, okay, okay, what I'm gonna do? I gotta find me a DJ that can bring his own system in here. I got to find somebody who got portable lights Mm -hmm. because these parents are coming here. Yeah. And if I get upset, that's not going to help me move forward in what I need to happen today. Absolutely. You know, I cannot get up. I got to stay focused on what I need to do. And resolution is the direction that I need to be moving. Mm -hmm. Resolution, resolution oriented. That's and I'm a very resolution-oriented person. Absolutely. I'm teaching my children to be resolution-oriented, um, to not be high-strung, 
in a place where it got it has to go exactly how you planned. Nope, you go around it, you go under it, you go over it, or you go through it. Absolutely. You know, so being resolution oriented and not being a stickler for um, you know, everything gotta be so perfect, you know. I, I'm definitely not a person who, who everything, I, I, you might not know when you see me, but I'm definitely not a person who it has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. No. Perfection only is important when you're giving your best. Yeah. Your perfection is your best. Yes. Yes. Your personal perfection is your best. Whatever that best is, then that's your perfection. That's your level of perfection, just giving your best. And as long as I gave my all, I'm trying my best, you know, I'm usually satisfied because I have every cotillion. They come tell me something crazy and I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, well, well we gonna have to just work that out. We gonna figure it out. This is, at, this is the day of the event. Every recital, if something goes wrong and I'm like, oh, okay. We just have to figure it out, you know? And so, um, and I, cause I do a lot of events. And so when I'm doing my events, that's one thing I, I tell my staff, we're not, I don't care what goes wrong. We're not getting real upset about anything. We're going to be resolution and uh, resolution oriented. We're going to figure out how we're going to do it since it couldn't go the way we wanted. We're going to figure out how we're going to make it still happen um, and get it done. And that's good. And that's good for life too, because a lot of times we go through obstacles and you know, stuff happen, we make bad decisions or good decisions. And it's almost like, are you going to remain stuck? Or are you going to be, you know, focused on a resolution so you can move forward? And that's part of embracing who you are, too. Because I talk to a lot of people every day who's stuck in what they're not, as opposed to really focus on what they can become when they do something differently. So mm -hmm. I think that's so you know, so important and it's good because it's like, okay, in the midst of this crisis, right. what am I going to do? Am yeah. I going to sit over here and whine and cry and yeah. be mad at everybody? Or am I going to think about how is this going to work? And then that other thing is like the perfection thing, because so many of us, we, we got our mindset, like, this is what I want to do at 25, at 30, at 40. And you get to 50 and you having a whole breakdown because you didn't do what you were supposed, supposed to do. But like what you're saying is figure it out. You yes. know, figure, yeah. Come to a resolution and do something differently. And I think that and, and in God, it's almost like our timeline is not his timeline. That's right. That's right. Exactly. I mean, so many things. I didn't know I was going to be a studio owner. Right. I did. No, I'm, no. Well, no, I did. No. Adrian, come on now. No, ma'am. You didn't? No, ma'am. I oh never as a, child, as a child, that was not my focus. I was not thinking that I was going to own a dance studio at all. Never. My childhood life, my high school life, my college life, I never thought I would own a dance studio. No, at all. I wouldn't focus on that. You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to work with kids, yes. But I wanted to, I wanted to get my degree in either juvenile delinquency or some kind of, even possibly social work, 
I mean, that's the direction that I was going. I knew that I had gifts when it came to young people, meeting them where they are, helping them overcome obstacles and growing into whoever they were supposed to become. I could dance, but I was never the best dancer to me. I could sing, but I was never the best singer. I could, um, I, was, I was an entertainer, but I was not, to me, the best. Like I would see people who could dance better, who could sing better, who could do stuff better. So I was just like, okay, I'm cool. I know I'm real good and I'm gonna be in the group, you know, but I might not be, <clears throat> I might not be the top. So I was like, um, but I knew that I had the it factor that I didn't know. I didn't know that. I know I had that it, whatever that it was. Like I knew I was charismatic and, you know, and could talk and, and, and you picked up quick and was sharp and, you know, it was a people person that could um, relate to people. So I did knew, know I had that, but I wasn't looking at it as a performance. I liked to perform and I knew that I was going to be performing places, but not as a career. I did not see that as a career. I'm telling you, I would, that's why I was at the Choice Program because I wanted to work with my kids. I was just like, I knew I wanted to work with yeah. kids. I knew I was really good at helping kids become who they were. So I was fine with that, the fact that I knew I was confident, I was happy, I you know, enjoyed life, and I wanted more people to become a confident, self-assured, self-reliant, independent. I wanted to help young people to become that. When you become an adult, I want to see you self-reliant. I want to see you happy, pay your own bills, take care of yourself, move in life in a way that makes you happy, makes you happy and brings you joy. I just really wanted to help young people move to that place yeah. where they learn how to navigate the world, overcome obstacles, shortcomings. I mean, just in a place where you just were a competent, happy adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really what my overall goal was. And now I see that I'm still doing that. But I, but now I not only want you to be confident, I want to see you excel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I want to see you excel. I want to see you blossom. I want to see you get all that God has for you. I want you to know that you can overcome anything. I want you to know that I'm never going to tell you, you can't do something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be the one to tell you, you can't. I'm going to be the one to tell you, you can, you know, with God's help, nothing is impossible. So I really wanted to become that person. And at all my little jobs that I had when I worked at the NAACP, traveling around, you know, creating programs for NAACPs nationwide, all that prepared me for what I'm doing today. Yeah. And if I had not, my mother is, my mother and my husband are two people that were real, real instrumental yeah. in, in Studio A. My mother, because she created Studio A models. Mm-hmm. My mother, when she was selling suits and she just, you know, selling suits and selling clothes, you know all about that. Yes. When my mother was selling clothes. I was a model. Yes. So my mom told me, and I had models since I was a little girl, but again, for fun, not professional. I was starting modeling school when I was like four. My mom put me in modeling school when I was four. And so um, she was like, Adrian, you model, you've been training, you've been walking, you've done fashion shows. I need you to get me a troop together for my business. So you know me, I called all my friends and I trained all my friends and we trained for these fashion shows and we practice and rehearse and you know, we all 
began, you know, doing shows for my mother. And then eventually um, I met my husband who saw the fashion shows, who saw the dance group that I had created with me and Miss Stacy and uh, my cousin Tracy. And then he saw the dance ministry that I started at my church, mm-hmm. which was back when they weren't dancing at church. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I remember. Mm-hmm. Man, I founded the dance, room t- the dance ministry at my church. I want to say, I'm going to say at least 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. 25, 30 years ago when it really wasn't a bunch of dance ministries. They were kind of like just popping up. Yeah. And so I wrote a proposal to my pastor and who I was very close to and he loved it. And so we started the dance ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and my husband saw all of that. And he was like, and I know you've been doing your fashion shows for fundraisers for churches and nonprofit organizations. And I know you do dance ministry at your church. And he was just like, but I'm telling you, God wants you to be in business for yourself. I don't understand why you don't know that. He said, with all the little etiquette classes with the kids, I mean, he was like, hey, I'm trying to tell you, I wish I had all that. Because if I had all that, I don't be no teacher. I have my own business. So, and when he, I, I, only other time I ever thought about it a little bit was when I did a pageant. And I was in, the pageant that I was in when I was in high school, my pageant director had a charm school. And so, um, I still wasn't really saying I wanted to have my own school, like a building and all that, but I loved training people in etiquette, training people for pageantry. I love that. I started helping her do that when I was like 16. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And then um, Stacy's older sister, Latricia, she started one yeah. in, um, in Charlotte, even before me. Um, and, um, and I love that idea, but I still wasn't thinking that I was going to do my own um, okay. building center. My husband really was the instrumental in that. And so then um, after I got married, my husband found my building, mm-hmm. uh, how much it costs and you know what we would need to, he did all that homework. What it costs, what we need to do, how much the rent be every month, you know, what the landlord said in the lease. And he did all of that. And then looked at me and said, so what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. So you try and do it. He started making flyers and stuff even before I like really had the building. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I was doing the fashion shows, but you know, with my mom with Studio A Models, but he was like, well, we need to do Studio A Models at, and dance. He was yeah. like, you dance, well, you need to do dance too. And I talked to Stacy Roberts and she was like, well, with Stacy Lofton then, and she was like, yes, I'm for it too. So we know she was like, I'm with you. Whatever you do, I'm with you a hundred percent. I'm going to be with you as we started, you know, just her and I teaching. And then today, it's 22 years later. Awesome. Amazing. Awesome. And yeah. I and, and one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, when you said I had no idea like that this is what I was going to do. And it almost brings me to mind of how we have our plans, but God knows. Yeah. He orders our steps and he uses everything that we do to get his will established. Yeah in our lives. And so even though you started, you know, Studio A at, you know, whatever age you were as an adult, right, you have 
created a brand from four years old. Like, so from four until whatever, you had already been established and proven in that thing that God did that 22 years or whenever that was ago. And that's part of becoming because God uses everything. I don't care. I saw it and I was what? (laughs) I knew it was going to be dance. But, but, Here's what I'm going to, the other part that I was thinking when you talk, you took all of your gifts or God, your family, you know, you took everything that God gave you and you turned that into something successful through God. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes people diminish like I did and a lot of other people they look small at what they've done. They don't, you know what I'm, when I say look small, they, they don't look at it as something big because it's just them, right? So it's like, oh, I just do this. I just do that. But everything that you did, it helped you to create that, you know, like you were saying, you know, like your husband was saying. And so it's almost like we got to stop Um, you know, taking for granted our experiences and our gifts, because these are the things that God is just waiting for us to open up and allow him to come in and make it bigger than we can ever think of. Absolutely. And that's what I, and and when I think about, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I don't take nothing for granted. I take nothing for granted at all. When people say, you know, even people's kind, people being nice. Because we don't have to be nice. Don't have to be. I am so appreciative of kindness, Mm -hmm. words, hugs, encouragement, smiles. I'm appreciative of all of that. I'm so appreciative of Studio A and all that it has done and all that it's become and all the people who have come through the Studio A doors and all the people that we've been able to touch and all the lives that we've been able to encourage and inspire. And, um, and there are people who have done way more and way bigger things, but I don't want to downplay mine because I don't want to act like I'm not grateful of the big deal that God has done. And the bit, it is a big deal what God has allowed me to do. And I need to make sure that I am grateful for all that he has done because he could have given it and chosen someone else, but he chose me. And I'm, and, and not that I'm so worthy. I still be tripping off. Like, my, I'm like, my, I'm looking at my husband like, wow, he let me be married to him. Cause he's awesome. I'm like, thank you, Lord. You know, I, you know, I, I'm grateful, you know, for somebody who just loves you and just think yes. you're beautiful and thinks you're smart and, just, you know, support whatever you do and it's unapologetic and don't care who don't like it and is protective. And yeah. it's like, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, because he can be like, yeah, don't do that. Not today. You know, I mean, there have been different times where I have been about to go somewhere and we not, he'll tell me we're not giving that energy. We're not. Yeah. We're not giving yeah. that any energy. That stops today. Okay. Yeah, that happened. That's that. We're not giving that energy. So I'm just very grateful that I have, you know, a person in my life like that. And to me, people might say, you know, is she always talking? He's a big deal to me. That's a big deal. That's right. You know, that's a big deal. Not a big deal that I'm married. That's right. Not a big deal that I have a husband. 
but a big deal that I have someone who is supportive like that. Yeah. That is a big deal. You know, my mother is a big deal because she loves her child. I don't take that for granted. You know, my children are a big deal because I get to be their mother. I don't take that for granted. You know, my friends mm -hmm. are a big deal. People like you who just love me for no reason. Mm -hmm. I don't got to do nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, a. You know, I'm just saying how we are blessed to have each other. You don't got to yeah. do nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to love you like this. If you decided tomorrow, I'm not talking no more. Y'all being quiet. I'm just going to my room. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to just be quiet. I still love you the same. You yeah. don't have to do anything because there are a lot of people in your life where you got to do stuff, you know, in order for them to love you. Yeah. You know, you got to give them something yeah. in order for them to love you. You can't repay God. Yeah. And don't take it for granted. When you right. have those people, that At is all so good. Yes. That's you cannot so take that for granted. You got to keep and recognize and remember that I'm just like, wow, God made her my friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I get to be her friend. You know, she gets to be in my life. I'm so blessed to have mm -hmm. her in my life. You know, and so um, while it may seem like I'm making a big deal about what I've done, no, I'm making a big deal about what God has done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know what? The other thing too um, is, you know, sometimes we too might. This false humility thing is real too. You know, don't be acting like you don't have it going on. I mean, you right. know, what I mean, and sometimes that 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 decreases our ability to be, you know, to become and to evolve because it's like I'm just this lowly ebony. I'm just this lowly. No, no you're not. <laughs> I'm a big deal. Yes, you're a big deal, and you're amazing. Yes. yes, and God is trying to show you that you're amazing, but you won't let him. Yes, yes, yes. you know, because it's almost like people say stuff, and you be like, "Girl, no, it's it's nothing. It's no, you know." And yes. that's that false humility yes. that we fall into because we don't want to appear arrogant, or right. we don't want to outshine someone, or right. whatever it is. We don't want people to think so and so. But we got, you know, it's almost like as long as, and you have made it very clear this entire time, it's about God. You know, he is getting the glory out of your life. And when we can point everything to God and say, it's because of what's in me right. and what I have allowed him, you know, yes. you allowed him yes. to move in you so yes. that. You know, and, and that's and that's one of the things that I talked about in, you know, in the last book that I did and, um, you know, God's infinite imagination fulfilled through service. Yeah, you are the epitome of that because we are the manifested glory. You know, we are the manifested gifts and yeah. glory of God. Everybody, all, when you think about the number of little girls and little boys, Adrian, that you have touched. Every one of them has has had an encounter with God through you, through Amen. your encouragement, Amen. through everything, right? And it's almost like, how can we not serve this God? Right, right. And you know what? And that, and that's why. And uh, you you do also when you downplay it, 
when you downplay it, you also damage your witness a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Because that's why, you know, I when I'm saying, you know, I win a lot. I have to say that, you know, because it's not fair. You know, you have to, you know, I I that is a part of why I've been able to journey. Mm-hmm. That is part of why I've been able to journey. And I also have to say, you know, I had to push past people that want to block you, you know, or or want to in a subtle way. I'm not talking about overt blocking. I'm talking about that subtle way to make you question yourself. I want all these people that are questioning their greatness to know that there are people that are here to make you question your greatness. Mm. That's, that's their job. They don't even know it, some of them, but that's their job to make you feel like you think you all that so that you can stop moving forward because it's gonna make them, some people feel better about themselves when they see you fail. Mm. Yeah. I'm, that's just the truth. Yeah. So you gotta recognize that that is a part of the journey. Pushing past, dumbing down. Ah. Pushing past, dumbing down. Not me. I'm done with that. Yes. I don't dumb down for nobody. I'm trying to be a champion. I'm trying to be a champion. My competition team, before we go anywhere, we're winning. Yes. That's what I tell them. We're putting in the work because we did, we going, we are going to win. Yes. Yes. We're going to win. We are going to see victory. Now, if you don't win, but you've put in the work, you still won. You still won. If you're giving 110% and you know you're not slacking and you're working hard and you're putting in the time, you still won. But don't nobody go nowhere to lose. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not apologizing that I like winning. Absolutely. Not going to. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think that that that's that's that false humility again, you know, coming in, keeping you from being all that you were called and yes. all that you're supposed to be. Yep. And I love what you said about false humility damages our witness. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. So, you know, because it's, you know, uh, what we do, I mean, come on now, it is about us because we have allowed the work and we've yes. done the work. But at the end of the day, it's all about him getting the glory. It's all, it's about, all him. about him getting the glory. And when you realize that he is excellent, yes. he is great, then that's the expected outcome. Mm-hmm. The excellent greatness is tied to him. You know what I'm saying? So you're looking at me, but you're really looking at him. That's right. That's right. And that's why I said that when they encounter you, they encounter God and the, and the witness you, you know, the witness that you have been able to demonstrate and establish in the community, the lives that you've touched, those that you have in it, you know, those that God has allowed you to pour into, to bring those people to him. That's what it's all about, you know, and that's the, that's what makes you great. You know, I mean, we can see, you know, we can talk about all this, this stuff, but when it comes to you know, God's children, when it comes to what he made, like he, like you said, 
I'm special. You know, you, you were created for such a time as this to bless as, you know, as many people that God has sent you. And this is for me, these are the kinds of conversations that is all about us becoming, because guess what? We can all come from different places, from different cultures, from different experiences. But the fact of the matter is how are we going to allow glory of God to be manifested through us so that he then, you know, would just be um, magnified in other people's lives. Cause we want other people to come know Jesus. <laughs> because you know what, because everybody got pain that they got a package. Absolutely. Everybody has pain that they got a package and my pain is different than your pain, but everybody got pain that they got a package so that they can move forward. And that packaging your pain is for real. So, you know, to some people, um, um, you know, to some people, what is painful to me might not be painful to That's you, right. you know, what's painful to you might not be painful to me, but everybody needs to understand that there is some pain that has to be packaged by everyone. And I'm even going to go into this thing saying too, and being successful is scary. I'm going to tell you why. Mm. I don't like being Miss A all the time. Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. yeah. I don't want to always be Miss A because Miss A is supposed to get it right all the time. Miss A is supposed to have, you know, no mistakes. Miss A is supposed to be this and that all the time. But I have come to realize that Miss A is not perfect. And I give myself permission to not be perfect amen amen and you got to give yourself don't let the pressure to be perfect prevent you from going all the way where you're supposed to go because mm -hmm. that prevents people from becoming too the pressure they put on themselves to be perfect yeah no uh -uh, i'm not doing that i'm not i'm mm -hmm. not putting pressure on myself to be perfect i am not absolutely that's good that's good and you know in the other part and in in the, the other part to that is giving yourself the grace to grow it's like i mean you know we don't have to have it all together right. and then, yeah yeah but that's but the other thing i thought of too is to whom much is given much is required as that's well right. <laughs> it absolutely is but i know people i'm gonna say this i know people who don't want to go to the top because they scared yeah, they don't want the responsibility. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't want the responsibility and they don't want the ridicule. They yeah. don't want, I mean, because ridicule does come. Ridicule comes and as you get more and more and more successful, as you get more and more and more successful and your territory grows and more people come in and now it's random people. You know, in my dance school, I have, and it's just anybody who wants to dance. So it might not be a Christian. It might not be a nice person. I have all kinds of people. Yeah. Rude, loud, mean, disrespectful, loving, kind, supportive. I mean, I just have all kinds, all kinds thrown. And many are like this. I'm just yeah. waiting for the fall from grace. Come on. Hmm. I'm waiting. And But you know what? I don't let that scare me. I don't let that scare me because his grace is sufficient for me. Yes. So I don't let that scare me. I'm not trying to make no mistakes, but if I do, his grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. You know, if I make a left turn when I should make a wrong, a right turn, his grace is sufficient. 
I'm covered. I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to come back because with God, all things are possible. So I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear anything. I have to keep reminding myself that if God is for me, he is more than the world against me. Mm-hmm. If he is for me, he's more than the world against me. Because fear, you talked about that. Fear prevents us from doing a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. You know, the fear of not being perfect, the fear of not getting it exactly right, the fear of not being a people pleaser, the fear of not everybody embracing, the fear of being having to walk alone sometimes. Oh, the that's fear, real. Yeah, that's very real. Oh, yeah, you by yourself. You by yourself saying what God said, and you looking around like these Negroes are not trying to hear. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, this is what it is. And this is how it's going to be. Oh, and I'm like that, especially when being a mentor. That's very, I say stuff to my mentees that don't nobody else want to say. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling my mentee, they're saying it, but they're not saying it to you. Yeah. They're talking yeah, about you behind yeah. your back. Miss A yeah. calling you and saying what everybody else is saying. Yes. So not saying you got to listen to me, but I'm just telling you, oh, you really think they're not saying, oh, people saying stuff. They just phony and fake and they going to keep it real. You know, so I'm saying stuff sometimes that nobody else wants to say. Um, I'm loving people that don't nobody else want to love. You know, I'm believing in people that people are over. Yeah. You know, all that. That's God's okay. work. That's God's work right there. I'm, o- I'm okay. I'm okay. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. I already know. And but you again, you got to be in that position that you know backlash might come, but you got to be ready for the backlash. Mm-hmm. And just know that God got you. Well, Kingdom family, I pray that you were blessed by the many nuggets that Adrian dropped on us today. She talked about how becoming is constant and never ending. She shared the importance of community and not taking them for granted. Commitment to show up despite your fears. She talked about embracing correction with an intention to grow. And finally, the importance of carriage and confidence. Don't dummy down what God has placed within you. My, 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 what an awesome interview. My prayer is that as you listen to this episode and the others this month, it will transform the way you think and feel about who you are and who God is in you. Kingdom family, as always, this is Ebony and I say rise and shine. Shine.